ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to These Go to 11. Once again, I'm Nathan Bell. Zach Bartles joining me today. Zach, what's going on, man? Hey, man. I am, I am sitting on my bed just, you know, to give you a kind of a... <laughs> Not, not, not too much of a risque, you know, picture of what I'm. I've kicked off my shoes. I'm on my bed and I'm staring at my television, which is I've got the Amazon Fire Stick and it's like Ooh. going through a series of high definition like landscapes of exotic places, nice right? or like uh, picturesque places. It's so calming. <laughs> and 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 then, and then I called oh, I you it. up and just totally blew it out of the water. <laughs> It reminds me of the scene screen on Back to the Future 2, only, you know, not crappy. Right. <laughs> only more advanced, not 1980s. <laughs> nice, nice. Uh, so uh, let, let me ask you, Zach, does, you know, we didn't actually talk about this at all, but what are you watching these days on your uh, Fire Amazon stick there? Oh, man, I've gotten into, well, two things. One, I, I, I burned through Flint Town. Have you heard of this? No. No, what is it? It's a Netflix original doc series. Uh, I think it had eight apps, a documentary about Flint, Michigan, which is, you know, 45 minutes down the road from where I am now. Okay. 45 the other way from where I grew up. So, I mean, a place I've been many, many times. You probably know one thing about it right now, um, which is, of course, well, maybe a couple things. You can't drink the water and, you know, crime and violence. Right, right. Okay. Amazing documentary. I mean, I recommend it for everybody. It blew my mind. It showed just how, like, I, you you can have every great intention, the commitment, the principles, but the governmental machine can come in and just clip your wings and make a liar out of you. It was a, it was a really fascinating thing. Huh. Neat. Now, so are you um, are you a big documentary guy? Not really, no. Oh, okay. It's rare for me to – my wife is more – my wife will watch – literally watched a documentary on Netflix about Tupperware, like the history of <laughs> Tupperware. I was like, well, that sounds really riveting, yeah. <laughs> that, that, that's what I put on when I need to get to sleep at night. <laughs> Dude, I one time – I used to have crippling insomnia, uh-huh. and one time I, I laid down – a friend of mine told me to do this. They're like, go on Netflix, go in the documentaries, find something you have no interest in. And and then like close your eyes and and you know sort of try to pay attention and let it ease you off to sleep. So I brought up <laughs> brought up a documentary about Paul Mitchell, okay, the, like hairspray guy yeah, or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> it was fascinating. This guy's <laughs> early life was fa- I was riveted. I was up all night watching Paul Mitchell. <laughs> <laughs> well, this didn't work. <laughs> the other thing I'm watching right now is called Sneaky Pete. They just came out with season two of it. It's Amazon original. Oh yeah, it's a con man story. Yeah, it's um, is it Giovanni Ribisi? Yeah, who's in it? Nice, nice. Uh, dude. That guy, that guy's got like the best face ever. Oh like, yeah, timey like 1920s like like gangster face. I, I I really have always liked him. Um, ever since he was Phoebe's brother on yes. Friends. Yes. <laughs> But this one, get this, man. So I was just pointing out to my son that the old Diary of a Wimpy Kid movies have one member of of the band on that thing you do as the dad. Yep. And the new movie has a different member of the the Wonders from that thing you do as the dad. Really? And then I I bring up Sneaky Pete, and I'm like, oh, yeah, this one's got uh, the old drummer – from from that thing you do, Giovanni Ribisi, and then the bass player Ethan Embry, who was like Mister Nineties. Yeah, he was like everything in the nineties. He's on it too. So all we need to get the band all the way back together now is the the lead singer who just fell off the map. I don't yeah. know. Don't know where he went. <laughs> Man, what are you watching? I'm. Uh, I've got a bunch of different things going on right now. My wife and I, um, because we're teachers, we tend to just kind of um, sit and watch stuff and grade as we are. Um, as we're watching, we're grading. So, you know, we're doing like the flash and all that stuff, um, typical cable stuff. But, um, on Netflix, I've actually, actually, I'm sorry, not on Netflix on demand. I'm watching into the badlands. Do you know what that is? I do. I haven't really gotten into it though. Okay. Yeah. So I saw season one, uh, some point last year and season two finally came on demand. So I've been, um, I've been watching that and that, I mean, that's just a fun 
uh, show. I mean, it's really, it's well done. Um, I forget the actor's name, but um, he was actually just in the latest Tomb Raider movie that came out, um, which I saw, which was fantastic, by the way. Highly recommend it. Um, and uh, it's, you know, it's kind of like this Western kung fu story. Um, yeah, yeah, Ted Cluck has been raving about that. I, I've me- meant to check it out. Nice. I haven't got to it yet, though. Yeah, it is. It is definitely, uh, definitely worth it. And then I'm still like a big kid at heart, and so I love cartoons. And so I've been watching the Netflix reboot of uh, Voltron. Do you remember Dude, Voltron? I, do I remember me and my son watching season five in its entirety <laughs> in literally uh, sixteen hours? I do remember that. Nice. Dude, nice. I, I was on a Reformed Baptist. No, it wasn't Reformed Baptist. It was. Uh, it was the wretched. Facebook group, right? Okay, yep. You know, wretched. And uh, I don't know how I got into some, you know, arguing online is the dumbest thing you could do. <laughs> and, and it, you know, in kind of the, when, when you have like pulpit and pen type people around, it's even dumber. Right, right. <laughs> but I, I wound up like, there, there was this, there was this bit where they were just mocking Toby Mac for having the dumbest lyrics in the world, but they were choosing like, you know, in between verses, you know, like, uh, eh, got the funky Jesus music or whatever. And like, right. and, and just saying, basically, this is all worthless. And I, I made the stupid mistake of defending Toby Mac and saying <laughs> he actually has some pretty decent stuff. And this guy who, who claimed to be a pastor as well, he, he must have like clicked on my name, gone on my page, seen that I had posted about Black Panther and I had posted the trailer for the new Voltron thing because I was excited to watch it with my son. Yeah, you know, I, I didn't realize that made me, you know, uh, and so he starts going off on how I'm I'm not fit to be a pastor because <laughs> uh, I I you know I haven't put childish things behind. I'm I'm a boy pastor. I'm like, dude, I'm, I'm a boy pastor with, you know, I'm about to turn forty in, right. in a month. <laughs> I'd like to be a boy pastor right now. And and but I mean, just like to him, that was it was a really big deal that oh, that right. I had those two things on there. And I thought, man, you you must be fun at parties. I know, right? <laughs> and I immediately like I, I just left that group and I and I think in, in the wake of that I left about four or five others where I'm like, I don't have time for like the joy police in my life. Yeah. I, I, I'm so I'm I'm so through with that whole scene. I I'm so tired of yeah. the discernment blogs and podcasts where all we do is, you know, just tear everybody down and yes. stuff. I mean, there are people that are so far out there. Yeah, they need to be exposed. You got your Osteens and sure, stuff. Sure. But, you know, when we get to the point where we're like, oh, let's see if we can find something on John Piper. Yeah, I'm out. You know right. what? I'm, this is silly. So, yeah. yeah, all that to say, Voltron has been spectacular. Yeah. I've, I've really, I've been enjoying it. I've, uh, I binged the first four and now. Uh, but I did those during the summer, and so now that I'm back in school, it's a little more difficult. So um, I think I just went through – I finished number five um, actually just before I came on the podcast. <laughs> so, um, Dude, did you watch one in between the two, uh, meaning the, between the 1980s one and the new one? It was There was actually – there's been two in between there. Yes. There was one – crappy 3d like lawnmower man cgi one yep that had tim curry as zarkon i and i do know hilarious. what you're talking about yes i didn't i didn't watch uh much i think i might have watched like the first one um uh, but yeah i i was a huge fan of the uh the original and uh then oh, yeah. this one has just done in my opinion this one's done a fantastic job at rebooting and um you know setting it up i i yeah, I've loved it. So. There was one a few years ago called Voltron, um, For- Voltron Force. Oh, and, uh, okay. It was like cadets that were going to take the place of the guys in the in the Lions. I watched that with my son too, and man, he he got so into it, and I thought it was so cool that I was into Voltron in the eighties. He could be into it in you know the late aughties, early twenty tens. Yep. And that could, you know, we could we could find common ground in that way because our generation is so nostalgic. We can't let anything die. I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, every once in a while, because uh, Netflix still has He Man and the Masters of the Universe, I'll oh, yeah. I'll pull that up and I'll watch some episodes of that. I'm just waiting for. Do you remember Brave Star? No. 
Brave Star. Brave Star was a. Um, it was basically it was this other another space movie, but it was like all about kind of like a Texas western, and so you had Marshall Brave Star, who was this Indian who could harness the power of the wolf and the bear and had you know sight of the hawk and all that stuff and so he sounds pc man dude it's it it was (laughs) it was awesome but actually what was really cool is like shows like that and a lot of people don't realize this and i mean i'm not going to say you know they were you know works of art or anything like that but you know they were fun but they were also educational i mean brave star dealt with like drug overdoses and things like that and like i remember having a conversation with my dad watching this when i you know when i was home after school um and saw this happen and it was like, well, I guess we're talking about drugs today and, you know, why you shouldn't do drugs and, um, you know. and A very special Masters of the yeah, Universe. Yeah, <laughs> That old cat is hooked on meth. <laughs> He's cooking the meth. <laughs> Man at Arms is, is the one who's hooked on it. <laughs> Dude, I think Skeletor would be cooking the meth. You know, I, I wasn't allowed to watch – he-Man, after I had a nightmare, I mean, I, this was on when I was like seven, eight, nine years old, and I remember I had a dream that there were snakes all over, and my mom saw like 10 seconds of a He-Man episode, and there were snakes in it, she was like, oh, that's why you had the dream. So I had to watch it on the sly on a black and white tube TV in my dad's <laughs> workshop in the basement. <laughs> what are you doing down there? Nothing, mom! <laughs> Nothing! <laughs> I can quit any time! That's right. <laughs> <laughs> that's hysterical um dude you actually you had a perfect setup for what we're going to be talking about today um kind of you know kind of on the back end on the sly um which we're going to get to our topic first i want to you know shout out to uh mission aware um for all that they do uh you mentioned the five solas uh last week zach and um you know they just they have tons of great products i was just on there again recently looking at all the different um beer mugs that they offer i enjoy um collecting beer mugs and so looking at um the different collabs that are going on um i'm hoping that you know gut check will get theirs soon and get it on oh, their yeah, own man. page as opposed to not being buried in you know the happy rant Nathan, you can get all sorts of gut check stuff now. There's, there's journals. There's oh, uh, is it up? Nope. Oh, nope. <laughs> <laughs> you can get a T-shirt though. Uh, what I from want, Happy Rant. <laughs> Nathan, I might do this. I'm going to Doc and Devo Con for next month. Uh-huh. Actually, a month from today is when it's happening. Oh, nice. I I might have to like get made a custom shirt with the Happy Rant and these go to eleven logos on the back. <laughs> Just, just so I can rep them both at the same time. That would be awesome. That- <laughs> I don't want to get sued by Missionalware. They're probably going to be there, but <laughs> well, hey, that would be a perfect opportunity to like Jeff. What's going on, man? <laughs> <laughs> right. If you'd make it, I wouldn't have to boot like it, buddy. That's right. <laughs> uh, that's funny. That's funny. But um, yeah, definitely check out Mission Aware. Um, tons of great products. I enjoy going on there every once in a while and just kind of scrolling through and looking around the different things that they have. They have tons of stickers too. I know that there are a lot of sticker junkies out there who love putting them on everything. Um, I honestly am not one of those people. Uh, but if I were, they would have you know tons of them from Spurgeon quotes and sayings to Luther to Calvin uh, and many more. So check out Mission Aware. I got a Mission Aware sticker on my laptop. It's uh, Spurgeon and Calvin's faces, you know, that little logo. Yeah, I have the and, same uh, one on my laptop. <laughs> really? So maybe you're a little bit of a sticker junkie. A little bit. I've got it over the Apple, so that way I don't give Apple any product placement on anything. <laughs> and, you know, you can control the light that it's, like, yeah. forth from the... <laughs> I I, uh, I put that on, and I think that was the one that came free with something that I got from... Yes. Permissional wear. They're like, here, put this on and promote us. And I was like, all right. Yeah, I'll, I'll do that. I can handle that. Um, so, yes, check out Mission Aware, um, longtime sponsor. Also, don't forget that um, if you write a review for the Gut Check Podcast, Clinch, or these go to 11, um, I'm going to be at the end of March. So it's still going on. Uh, till the end of March, I will be sending out a free gift. I'm kind of keeping that in the bag on what it is. Um, 
as we get closer to the end of March, well, I guess we're kind of close, um, but when we get closer, probably next week, I will make the announcement of what um, what I'll be giving away. Um, and so just make sure that you leave an iTunes review for us uh, and make sure you say something because that's the biggest thing. It's nice if you give like five-star rating, but it's even better if you actually write a comment. And I've had a couple people um, ask me, you know, can, if we've left one before, can we leave another one? Yes, you can. Um, and actually I would encourage you to do that. If you left one early on in this podcast, uh, leave another one updated one that maybe, um, has told us how we've improved or how we've, you know, de-evolved, uh, you know, something. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, so that guy's not cutting it. (laughs) What's going on here? Podcast has gone to trash. Uh, <laughs> but, I joke um, so that I, you know you, you laugh so you don't cry. That's right. That's right. <laughs> no, um, dude. I I went just. To, I was telling uh, Ted. I was like, "Hey, dude. I'm I'm taking over for Greg Duster." He's like, "What? Who? Huh?" <laughs> so so I, I he's like, that, "That thing's a big deal. I've heard of it." And, and I and I said, uh, "Yeah, they've got a you know a lot of listeners. They're they've got they've got a lot of podcast reviews." So I bring it up. And I don't know about you, but I always go right to like the two one star reviews. Yes, just to see what people might. Say. I mean, like, who could have a beef with this? And so I go and I look, and, and one of them said, "Like, I love it, but the but the the pacing's too slow." Yes, and and if they could speed up their guests that they have on and, and keep them moving along, they might become as good as the Happy Rant or the Gut Check <laughs> Podcast. <laughs> And I swear that wasn't me who left it. <laughs> I did. I remember seeing that one, dude. And now that you remind me that they said that, well, you know what? We've got someone from Gut Check, so hey, we're moving the pacing along now, baby. Boom. Yeah. You know what? I've, I've had two cigars today, and I'm a little jittery. I might be too fast. <laughs> uh, match that with like you know two espressos, and man, we'd be at light speed. That's, dude, that's the only that's the only way to enjoy a fine cigar is with some coffee. I don't get these scotch guys. It's, it doesn't. No thanks. See, I do. Um, I, I'll do scotch occasionally, but I actually prefer like uh, bourbon. I enjoy a nice bourbon with it. All right. I mean, it depends on the cigar. You get something. There are some things that naturally pair well. Yeah. Uh, in that direction. Yeah. One of these days, man, we got to get together and have a cigar together and do an, a live live app. That would be fantastic. Uh, how far are you from D.C.? Oh, I'm uh, maybe an hour. See, we've been talking and talking about bringing my boy, having a family vacation, uh, going to D.C., going to the Museum of the Bible, doing the whole thing. And uh, we're, we're going to do that sometime soon. You and I got to connect then. That would be awesome. And, hey, if you're looking for a cheap place to stay, uh, you know, we got a house here that you could, you'd be more than welcome to use. So, you know, quick nice. drives day in, day out. You know, we've, uh, we've had friends do that before who have driven on through. Um, one of our friends, when they were homeschooling their kids, they were like, hey, we want to, you know, spend the week in D.C. kind of touring around. You know, can we stay at your place? And so – you know, if uh, if you're interested in saving some money, we got the room. Dude, I'm Dutch. <laughs> so you're definitely interested in saving money. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm Dutch, and I'm a Calvinist, and I'm from West Michigan. You know, I, they call the, the, the town that my family hails from is literally called Holland. <laughs> That's how Dutch I am. And I'm, alert, and I'm, and I'm absolutely re- related to everyone who lives there. That's fantastic. Oh, my word. That's hysterical. Oh, man. So... Dude, going into what we were going to be talking about today. Um, <laughs> what was my great segue like 25 minutes ago? Yeah, it was you were talking about, you know, those people who get on and, you know, just look at stealing the joy out of everything. And oh, yeah. to me, equally like combining with that are people who feel the need to like, uh, I, I I don't even know what the term is, but like just boast in someone else's demise or misery. I, mm-hmm. I see that happen often, you know, um, I think of, and what prompted this was, uh, Stephen Hawking just passed away, uh, last week and the dude was, uh, brilliant. There's just, there is no doubting his mind and the things that he did in, in helping to further science and, um, even, even philosophy. 
Um, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say he was a theologian or anything like that. He certainly wasn't, but he was definitely a philosopher. If you've read any of his writings, and I've got some quotes by him that I'm going to read uh, in a little bit. Um, but you know, it, it's just it's been bothering me to see these like Facebook uh, pictures with him on it and. Oh well, I guess uh guess he's, you know, no longer an atheist or, you know, I guess now he knows the true theory of everything and it's this like smug like oh, well now you're getting what you deserve. You, you told know. you so. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. And I I want to ask you Zach, like first of all, and I and I know this is going to be difficult because because you aren't like this and I'm not like this, but what do you think someone is thinking? when they're putting something like that up there on social media? Um, I think what they're thinking is, you know, I, I'm just going to say this. They're, they're in an echo chamber. Mm-hmm. They use Facebook and social media and probably all the media they consume. I'm just, I'm describing the average guy who's doing this stuff. Sure. Um, it, all of it is just there to kind of reinforce the, their worldview. It's probably a very tenuous, mm-hmm. um, you know, I'm not quite you know, locked into this. I want to believe it. Uh, and, and so I just, you know, whatever, whether it's political and, and my news source is just going to keep on rehashing the same conspiracy theories or talking points or whether it's theological and I, and I have to listen to things that just I'm right, I'm right, I'm right, I'm right. Mm. And there's no other, there's no other reason because you know, that's absolutely not going to, you know, it's not going to be a winsome to an unbeliever. No, no unbeliever is going to look at that and go, huh? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm going to die someday. I got to get right with God right now. Yeah. It's, it's, it's for other believers to all kind of snicker together. Yeah. And at the same time, we, we, you know, when you when you texted me, we were thinking about talking about this a couple of days ago. I remembered a time when I got dogpiled on a few years ago. Um, you remember this guy Osama bin Laden? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and when, there there was a time when uh, when like uh, President Obama sent some Navy SEALs and they shot him in the face. Right. <laughs> and and I was like. Yes, yes, we got him, and I was and I was really stoked. And I remember like how much shame. It's crazy to me in a in a shameless society how much shame is reserved for for certain people. Mm-hmm. But like I was made to like like I was very very strongly encouraged to repent of that by people who would never repent, you mm-hmm. know, in their life because. Well, there was this fake, totally fabricated MLK quote that was trotted around about, you know, I'll mourn for the death of a thousand, but I won't celebrate the the death of of one evil person or something. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, no, I'm not. I'm not going to apologize. I'm right. not going to delete the post. I'm not going to back because this guy was literally a monster. Right. He killed thousands of people in the Bible. Not only in the Old Testament with like Sisera, you know, do we have songs extolling how great it is that, you know, he's got a nail through the head. Right. We've got in the New Testament, why do we know that Judas exploded after he hung himself? It, it's, you know, a little reminder of God's justice. Yeah. Second use of the law is, you know, push you toward the cross in that way. Me, Judas, bin Laden, we all deserve God's wrath equally. Mm. First use of the law, those who have the authority, God-given authority – hold hold back evil and and, and in, i i was celebrating that that good had been done yeah at the same time when i posted the joke who lives in a pineapple under the sea osama bin laden that was probably over the line um but you know whatever so so i i i kind of get the the impetus yeah to but at the same time obviously this is not someone who who was evil Right. Any more than than you or I, apart from Christ, are evil. Right. This is not someone who who used his life to hurt people. Rather, he used his life to to try and better mankind. Yes. And did you see this movie about him, man? I I can't believe from his early twenties, this horrific disease got a hold of him. Of course, he 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 lashed out to God. He didn't sure. have a didn't have an anchor of faith. What else would he do? Anyone would would be tempted in that direction. Yeah. I. I I don't understand why we think it's going to honor God 
in that in that case, and maybe I maybe you can tell me I'm being uh, um, a little hypocritical, and I have a double standard where I think we can we can uh, high five when when Osama bin Laden right. gets shot, but I, I don't think so. I think it's very different. I, I think that uh, when I see stuff like Christopher Hitchens when he died, it was the yeah. same thing. It was yeah. the same people with the same memes. And they're they're just meant to to smugly say to each other, isn't aren't we awesome for being correct? Yeah, yeah. No, I I agree, and I think I think there is a difference between you know the celebration of a, a another part of a war coming to an end, you know, and that's and that's what we see, you know. I mean, um, when we when we step in and we look behind the curtain, you know, ISIS is now our biggest threat, but you know, it was. It was Bin Laden with you know the Taliban at at one point, and you know we we've done a job at at going in and striking more at the Taliban and putting that war down, and I, I do think that's a good thing, and I think that is something that we can celebrate and rejoice in that you know this this threat is no longer there, you know, and so like you said you know our governments are there to protect us they're there to ensure our safety and so you know when we see our soldiers going in when we see our government going in and doing the job at protecting its people at protecting its citizens um you know and i know a lot of people are going to get into well they're not protecting you know people and citizens blah 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 but they're doing their job i mean you know the the world is no longer sequestered to individual countries we you know we are operating in a world organization, our economy is a world economy that we are dealing with and that we are interdependent on, and so we are involved, and that's where we are. We, you know, we have to accept that, and we have to accept that, you know, there are times and places where we go into other countries and we we are fighting a war there, and so yeah, that was to me that's a celebration of the closing of another huge piece of that war. Um, we're not at war with Stephen Hawking. We're not at war with atheists. Yeah, you know, I mean, we're at we're at a, at a spiritual war with maybe the spirit behind atheism, right? But it's not against flesh and blood, right? That's I I think that that it's so easy and we love it so much to put a face on the enemy. Yeah, um, and that's such a human instinct, and and in some cases. You can if it's a different kind of war. It, you know, yeah, the enemy is uh, a terrorist organization led by right. this person. Okay, but as Christians, our primary uh, battle is not that one. It's it's a much bigger, much more ancient battle that's been going on for ages, and it's against principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this, this world. And to to say, ha ha. You're dead right. to a human who we should have been far more concerned that he didn't die apart from Christ. Right. And I guess we don't know, but all, in, all I mean, every indicator right. is that he never repented in death right. advert conversion. Um, it should break our hearts that we didn't that we didn't try harder. Yeah. You know, I mean, I feel like it's so it, we've got this culture war, and we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, but sure. we got this culture war thing. That we want to we want to see people lose. Yeah. When in Christ there's an offer of salvation for all, we should want to see people saved. And we're never going to have revival in this land until we primarily want to see people saved uh, more than we want to win the argument on Facebook or um, gloat over somebody else's mortality. Yeah. Yeah, and I feel like what we're ultimately doing when we when we do things like that is, you know, we're essentially first of all, you know, final judgment is reserved for God, you know, and and like you said, like by all accounts, you know, to the best that we know, he didn't. However, um we we don't know all things. You know, we don't know what was going on in his mind, you know, the, the last few months, days, year, you know, of his life and, and things. And, you know, there, there are quotes that he, um, gave certainly within the last year suggesting that, no, he doesn't know God, but, you know, I mean, look at the thief on the cross, 
you know, the thief right, on yeah. the cross mocking, mocking Jesus. And then, you know, within, within a couple hours is like turning around and repenting. You now know? the mocking one is, is the one who, uh, died apart from Christ. And, uh, according to the passion of the Christ movie and in, in certain legends had his eyes plucked out the guy who, who came to his defense, but still, yeah, I mean, he's, he's obviously a hardened criminal, right? Not, not ser- seeking to, to serve God. Right. And I don't know. I, I see only a hairbreadth difference between, Ha ha, you know the theory of everything now, meaning you're you're on your way to hell. Right. And these Westboro clowns, you know, outside of a funeral with a sign that says, you know, uh, this guy's in hell. Right. And thank God for for ju- judgment. You know, everyone's favorite Bible verse outside of the church, judge not lest ye be judged. Yeah. We can actually apply that pretty specifically when we, you know, peel back and look at the Greek involved here. Not yeah. to get all pastory, but I mean, Jesus tells us to judge righteously. There is we're judging any time we make a decision or show a preference of one even good over evil. Mm-hmm. The, the the Greek is krino. The the thing we're not to do is kata krino, and and the kata I mean it, it's a, a preposition, um, and and it usually means down or against. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so basically, don't you know judging people down? It means to condemn them. Mm. And so to step in and say, like, I'm God, I'm, I'm the guy standing, sitting on the throne or, or behind the judge's bench with the gavel, and I'm going to do this kind of final judgment. Right. That it, it, that's not for us to do. In fact, uh, one of my favorite parables, the parable of the wheat and the tares, mm. right? We've got yeah. wheat, we got weeds. They're all in together. Um, and the, the workers, that's us, yep. we want to go in and we want to pull up all those, those rotten weeds, all the tares. And, and he says, right. no, we got to wait till the end. You right. won't, you'll pull up the wrong thing. The, the, the roots are enmeshed. You're, they don't look completely different until they bear fruit. Just wait. Right. Uh, the, the harvesters, which are the angels of the, of the last day, they'll take care of that. Right. You know, so it, it, there's, I mean, I also am not a big fan of the super um, you know, self-righteous, correct everybody, you know, right. uh, we should, we should all have a candle vigil. How, how dare you? I, I don't right. want to, I don't want to get down on anybody who might've posted one of these things. I've been known to do it myself. Right. Um, it, there's a frust- there's a cultural frustration sure. because this guy's been held up as, as uh, a hero of, the kind of new atheism along with Hitchens and Dawkins and PZ Myers and all these guys. And now he's dead. And it's a reminder that there is, you know, there is a great mystery in death and, and they have nothing to give you hope in light of it, but they'll just move right on. They'll move on from him to someone else. So for there to be a little, uh, this, this desire to stay with him for a minute, hold on, let's remember this guy died but there's a more winsome way to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think too, like, you know, when I think as Christians, sometimes, you know, we, we get the idea that, you know, because the world treats, I'm just going to say celebrities for lack of a better term. Um, you know, the world treats celebrities like this where they're, you know, their lives are open books and we're allowed to, you know, comment and make noise about them that as believers, we're allowed to do the same thing. You know, and, and we forget sometimes that we're, we're called to something different, you know, to weep with those who weep. You know, if, if I'm weeping with, you know, Hawking's family, you know, uh, whether they know it or not, you know, and I don't mean necessarily a literal weeping, but, you know, weeping, if, if he truly did not know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, then, then a part of me should be weeping that, you know, this, this man, you know, led this life. He had this extraordinary mind and he never, he never came face to face with, with Christ. And he never, he never got that relationship with him. That's, that's something to be sad about, not like clever and winsome in, in my expression of that. Um, now it depends on how Calvinist you're going to get over here. I mean, I don't know how, how, much of a exposure to the gospel he had, mm-hmm. but there's the, and, and I don't, I don't think you can say devil's advocate when you're, when you're making right. a Calvinist argument, but right. <laughs> you know, right. if, if he did reject the gospel, um, then God is glorified in, in, 
that as well, right. uh, because it's part of the indictment against the laws that they've heard the gospel and rejected it. Right. Um, but from our point of view, right. we, we don't go, ah, oh, vessel of wrath. Right. We weep because it's not the way it was supposed to be, because sin, you know, creation, fall, redemption, the fall and, and sin and suffering and death and everything that goes along with it is the part of the story that is, it just doesn't make sense. It's, it's horrific. And it should never be like, ah, that's good. You know, I mean, not yeah. from a Christian point of view where we say, you know, don't weep today. You know, don't don't mourn for me. I am not here. Don't stamp your feet. I'm in the wind and the trees and the no, 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 no. no. That's paganism. Get away right. from that. Right. Or from the kind of point of view where we say uh, this person had it coming. Well, we right. all had it coming. Right. right. I mean, I had it coming. You right. had it coming. Right. <laughs> the, the, the wages of sin is death. We're all going to die once, and and the second death awaits everyone who who is apart from Christ. And yeah, that's not that's not good. That's yeah. not. I got yeah. So, I got no more to say without uh, without repeating myself a bunch. Yeah. Well, and you know, I um, as I said, I you know, I have some quotes um, by Hawking, and uh, you know, I mean, some of these I find fascinating. Um, you know, and and to me again, like this shows, this shows the sadness of of that mind. You know, um, it also, I mean, it shows, it shows what God talk, talks about. You know, that that He chose the foolish things of this earth to confound the wise. You know, that the things that these these geniuses, you know, hold up, they 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 don't understand that. You know, and to me, that's that's more sad than anything else. You know, um, the, this one that I'm I'm looking at, God may exist, but science can explain the universe without the need for a creator. As, as someone who teaches science, like I, I'm saddened and offended by that. Like, no, as, as a believer, I think, I think science shows the creator that much more clearly. You know, the fact that the fact that I understand the technicality behind rainbows work doesn't mean that rainbows become less spectacular to me. It doesn't mean that they're less significant in God's promise to, to Noah, to me, those things are enhancements. They're enhanced joys, you know. Seeing- yeah, what a gift it is that we've been given the ability to to see how he did. Yeah. Not just what he did, but how he did it. That, that he trusts us enough to, to let us look behind, you know, and see what's going on. That's that that's a wonderful – and that's what all of science up until the modern age right. uh, w- was all about, trying to think the thoughts of God after him and see how the creator had done things. Yes, well, and and again, it's interesting because this this next one that I'm going to read says, uh, "I'm just a child who has never grown up. I still keep asking these how and why questions. Occasionally, I find an answer." And so, like, there there is even in his own words, there is a measure of searching. And again, you know, um, going into you know Calvinist theology, and, and and you know, I do, I I am a fan of Reformed theology. Um, and you know, I, I don't mind talking to reform theologists about reform theology, but in in the grander scheme of talking to the world and and you know talking to um, people who you know even other brothers and sisters in Christ who don't necessarily bend toward reform theology, you know, th- there is something you know when we when we read scripture that Christ doesn't give us all the ins and outs. Um, of the Reformed theology all at once, and there, you know, there are things that he says and talks about that I think we can, you know, we can have conversations with people about, you know, the accepting, the inviting, you know, receiving Christ, you know, um, and and explain things in those, you know, basic terms with people um, without going into, you know, the choosing when it comes to salvation. And I know that there are you know, uh, reformed people out there who would disagree with me on that. But as a believer, I'm totally comfortable with that. And then educating them on reformed theology, how they truly quote unquote came to Christ. No, it wasn't really you coming to Christ. It was Christ coming to you. But from the perspective of us as people, sometimes it is more difficult, particularly outside of Christ to see, well, it is impossible to see God's divine intervention in things you know, and so talking to people about these things. So, you know, like when I see this quote from Hawking, like I, I understand that, you know, that God ultimately did not allow his eyes to be revealed to the truth. Again, 
assuming that that he died not knowing Christ as a savior that God you know kept him from that and so I trust him in that plan but at the same time to me to me it's sad that he never connected the dots and that he was he didn't he wasn't allowed to connect the dots um does does I mean does that make sense well yeah and the terms you're using to talk about these things will they'll vary on a spectrum for, you know, within the reform tradition. Yeah. I, I tend to be a compatibilist. So, which means I, I don't see eternal election as being, um, contradictory with yeah. human will. I mean, he, so, so I'll tell someone, you know, you need to believe and repent. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, when you even use the, the terms uh, or the the phrase uh, "receive Christ," right? You know, that's used in John one, right? Uh, the, you know, it's to to receive Him um, is, is to accept what what He's given, um, and you want to do it, and you want to do it when He frees your will from the the bondage of sin, um, and yeah, when when someone goes to the grave rejecting Christ's uh, death as the propitiation for their sin, of course, that's sad. Of course, that's that's uh, uh, n- never something that we should be glib about. Yeah, uh, it, it's it, to me, it's kind of like the the crucifixion in that mm. it's one of these few things. Even for a guy like me, who kind of people who don't know me, but but kind of know me, you know what I mean? Like they, they've sure. listened to one of my podcasts or sure. they've, they've read some of this goofy stuff, you know, I put out with Ted Clark or whatever. I, you know. It's it's known that I'm I tend to be a little irreverent in humor. I don't think we ought to ever make a joke about like like I saw the a guy on Facebook the other day. It was the Last Supper, and it said after dinner, uh, Judas is taking me to see Nine Inch Nails, uh, and it was a pastor who put it up, and it said some Linton humor, mm. and I was like, what what are we, we're laughing at at the the death of Christ on the cross now. Right. And, and I think that right up there with that is, you know, the, the notion of people being eternally separated. Yeah. I get real uncomfortable with jokes about someone going to hell. Um, jokes about God's wrath. Uh, it's, it's, I think we would try to be glib about it because it's such an overwhelming concept, but you yeah, careful. Yeah. Yeah, no, I and I think that's so true, you know, that I I don't think the joke always needs to be made. You know, I think um we we've come to this point of as a culture where all silence is uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. you know, and I I that's one of the things that I so appreciate about the way people overseas mourn and grieve is there isn't there isn't the need to say something. When when somebody passes away, when someone dies, you go and you just sit with that person and and you be with that person, and you never feel like you have to say anything or do anything. It's just it's it's being a shoulder to cry on if they need it. It's being an ear to for them to bend if if they need it. But you know you're you're there for their mourning and their grieving. You're not there to try to make yourself feel better by saying something or doing something. Well, um, I mean, you got to quote Romans eight twenty eight. But other than that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, overseas, nothing anywhere. That's the best. That's yeah. the best way that you can minister to someone in their grief. Oh yeah, sit there and and cry with them. Yeah, and and be with them. And I think you. I think you've really. That's very astute, man. That's what what you, what you're describing in terms of our response to a lot of these things. It just shows our our discomfort with with just kind of sitting there in the face of death. Yeah, and having nothing to say other than what a tragedy, and it, of course it's a tragedy that that this brilliant mind uh, that that was created in the image of God mm. never found its you know its actual um, purpose of of glorifying Him with all that brilliance. Yeah, yeah. I want to. Um shift gears a little bit here because I feel like we, we are coming kind of close to, to just kind of circling with this. One of the other things that I noticed, um, you know, Billy Graham, uh, died. Was it with the, was Hawking and Graham within a week of one another? 
Do you remember? Yeah, or or a couple. Couple, yeah. yeah. And um, one of the other things that I noticed was, um, you know, let's make a national holiday for uh, Billy Graham and, uh, you know, Billy Graham Day or whatever it is. Um, and, I, you know, I, I don't want to spend too much time talking about Billy Graham's life because I think, I think here's another example of an extraordinary life. I think there's another example of somebody who touched people on so many levels. And I see a lot of that going around too where people are like, well, look at the difference between Billy Graham and Stephen Hawking. And um, I, I'm fine not comparing them because, you know, Billy Graham was a believer. And so – the the impact that he had as a believer with the platform he had was obviously going to be very different than the impact that Hawking had as an atheist. And so I, I don't feel the need to like justify where the two are and what's going on. Um, I, I want to focus more on the idea of let's make a Billy Graham national holiday. Um, what, what are your thoughts on that, Zach? Because I – I've got some of my own, but I'm interested to hear what you have to say. No way, man. Billy Graham was a 33rd degree Mason and a universalist. So he's, he's burning right next to, to Hawking and all the rest of them. I, that's that little bit of that's been in my feed lately too. Let, let me start by going on record to say there are very few people I admire more in the world than Billy Graham. Yeah. Even though he walked away from the Calvinism and went full on Phineas in his methodology you know what that dude that guy was just like the 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 epitome of humble i'm at your service god yeah do what you will through me with me i'm yours yeah and you know you say you don't want to compare him to hawking but this just popped into my head Mm -hmm. Uh, i have a few documentaries about billy graham's life that's how into him i am i've got nice and, and I'm suspect because I got him next to a couple documentaries, probably three about John Paul, uh, too. But <laughs> um, and some people would think that was very fitting. But uh, he he at one point there's a rock next to which he made a um, a vow that if any doubt or any question about the veracity of Scripture or, or God's word ever came into his mind, that he would just immediately banish it. Hmm. Which, if you think about it, it's kind of the opposite of what Hawking said. Right. Um, you know, he's always still asking why and how and if. Um, and, 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 you know, may, maybe those two guys could have learned an awful lot from each other. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think probably both of them were humble enough where they could have. Yeah. Um, yeah. That said, uh, I don't know. I know quite a bit about Billy Graham's life. I don't think he would want to be celebrated with a national holiday. I don't think it would freak him out either. He knew that he was a significant guy. Uh, I mean, how many men have been the spiritual, uh, uh, the spiritual uh, counselor to multiple presidents? Yes, and <laughs> and just seen so many people come to faith. And so, um, I don't know if we're going to have you know Caesar Chavez Day, and we're going to have all this stuff that we have. Why not a Billy Graham? I I, I know I'm at, I'm at odds with you here, but I I actually think it would be kind of a cool thing. Um, and it would show that our culture isn't uh, completely uh, trying to scrub, you know, our our Christianity that's that's woven into the the right. fabric of the, the nation. Scrub it out, and you know, it, I, I'd love it. I really yeah. would. See, and it's interesting that you say that because I think I think what you said is absolutely true. That you know. It's. It would be very interesting if it if it happened to be seeing the tone and the nature of where you know culture is. You know, I always find it interesting when certain officials are elected into offices. Not so much that I think, oh, you know, now we've arrived as a nation and we're getting back on track to where we need to be. I, it, to Dude. me, it's more it, yeah, <laughs> China. Gina. <laughs> wrong, wrong. Uh, <laughs> uh, it it's more interesting and telling to me um, th- that that group of people, as a majority, have decided that this person's a good idea to have them in office. And I mean, as believers, ultimately, we know that our comfort in anyone who's elected. Ultimately, it comes from God, you know, that that he places all 
leaders, all authorities in their positions. No one is there without him. Um, but it, it's interesting and telling to me that you know we had, um, I guess it was three years ago now, um, our governor uh, went from a very liberal um, person who, as far as I knew, was not a believer to a conservative person who um, is is a outspoken believer. Um, and to me, it wasn't like, all right, now we're going to get, you know, Maryland back on track again. Well, you know, since this conservative, you know, believing mayor has been, um, or governor has been in office, you know, I mean, uh, homosexuality has been legalized. That was passed and legalized and ratified and all that stuff, you know, but wait a minute, homosexuality was illegal in Maryland until recently. Marriage, sorry, be. marriage. Ah, okay, marriage. yeah. <laughs> sorry, at this point, at this point in like my life cycle, whenever I refer to anything being legalized with homosexuality, it's it's like marriage um, because I don't know anywhere where homosexuality itself is illegal in any of the well, states. Well, there are sodomy laws all over the place. They're just not enforced. Not enforced, right? It's a right. It's an odd situation where you have. S- Communities keeping that on the books because principle, and then you have uh, the county clerks issuing these. What what interesting times to live in. Yes, I'm sorry though I, I interrupted you. Go no, on. no, no, no. But you, to me, it was you know it, it's so it's not a sign of like oh you know he's going to come in and you know everything's going to be good because he's a Christian. But it was just it was interesting that in a very liberal state uh, like Maryland that a conservative Christian was put into office, you know, and so clearly on some level, the people were wanting a change. And again, I I know uh, that God is the one who puts all authority there, but but to me, it's interesting that the people were were interested in this change coming about. And so when you were talking about, you know, it would be interesting to see the leaders and, and their decision to do this because Billy Graham, who is a, you know, very conservative, you know, Southern pastor, um, but was just beloved by so many people. And so I think it would be interesting from that perspective. The The only thing I think about honoring the man properly is um, I remember going through and taking the Billy Graham Museum tour down in North Carolina. I, I think this was about five years ago. And Basically reading about how he did not want this thing put up there. He did not want people to be able to, you know, like honor him in that way. And the only reason he agreed to it is when you come to the end of the tour, it's like a 10 minute gospel presentation that you have to sit and listen to before you can leave. And so, um, you know, he, he, he agreed to it based on that component of it. Um, you know, but that's, that was kind of my only thought and pushback is like knowing that about him where, you know, he's got the Billy Graham library and how much he didn't want that. I I don't necessarily think this is the proper way in which to honor that man, this man in that capacity. Sure, Um, sure. But any humble person isn't going to, you know, think that they deserve their own holiday. And if it's a postmortem type thing, which 99% of the time a holiday, not hundred percent really. Right. I mean, it Rosa Parks wouldn't have wanted um, you know, all sorts of stuff named after her. She deserves to have it named after her because of the incredible impact who she was has had on our sure. country. Sure. And I would say in a similar way, um, sure, he probably wouldn't have wanted it because, I mean, anyone who would be like, yes, give me a day, <laughs> they don't deserve one, right? But, yeah. but I mean, he really, it's for us. It's like a funeral. Yeah. People are like, well, dad wouldn't have necessarily wanted this. Okay, we want to we want to respect who Dad was, but is this something the family needs? Because mm. Dad doesn't need this funeral. He's he's right. he, you know he's in heaven. Right. You guys are still here, and and I think it would be I don't know. To me, it would just be a really nice, refreshing like. Oh, that happened. That mm. doesn't make me die a little inside. Whereas mm. the rest of the news today does. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. And you and I are actually we're actually talking briefly about that about. Um, Two hours from where I teach, there was a um, school shooting and school evacuation. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we are at some point, um, we, we tease this. Uh, you and I talked about this. We didn't tease this, but you and I talked about this, um, about talking about um, shootings and gun control and things like that. Um, you felt probably wisely so that your first one wasn't necessarily the best one to 
come in guns blazing, no pun intended there. Um, I'm the new host. Kill them all. Let's die. America. Oh, dude, I hate that. Let's put that on the docket, too. That's one of my pet peeves. Can can we though read the uh, the America tweets? Have you ever read those? No. Oh my gosh. Uh, you, you, we we got to find those and we got to read those for that one. There are like okay. there are like all these sayings and tweets, and then like at the end of all of them, it's like America. Um, I'm sure I've heard a lot of them. I'm, I've seen a lot of memes and stuff with that, and I, I I don't know. It seems to be entitled millennials that that often you know want to make light of. I, I I get it. I get it. Right. Let's, I guess let's save that for for another. We'll save time. that for another day. <laughs> Billy Graham, though, man. Um, it, I I really think if we had a day like that, mm-hmm. and and I mean, we honestly with MLK, we've got a day already devoted to a Baptist minister. Right. Right. Um, so it wouldn't be unprecedented. Yeah. Uh, if we had a day like that, and it kept his memory, I mean. It, the young people today don't remember him preaching. I remember watching those Billy Graham movies on the huge screen at church. The only times we'd be at church when it was dark outside and then we'd turn the lights off in the sanctuary and it would be like being at the movie theater. Yeah, yeah. I remember one that was like whitewater rafting and stuff and there would always be a 20-minute Billy Graham sermon in the middle. Yep. And I remember feeling just goosebumps from this guy's preaching. Yeah. I think it'd be a good thing to do whatever we can to keep that phenomenon in, in in our collective memory and remember that. And yeah, I know there's you know he had a huge rate of people backsliding and and maybe his methods were more consumeristic than some people like. Whatever the way he won millions of people to Christ is better than the way that I don't win millions right. of people to Christ. Right. I mean, like, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. In my mind, if we can if we can keep that memory alive even a little longer uh, and inspire some more people to mm. just w- just want to devote themselves and say, God, whatever you can do, either you'll use me to win ten people or ten thousand or whatever, I'm here just like this guy was here. Mm. I, I feel like we're. Do you feel like we're missing that in the church? Like, yeah, no one's no one's looking for that next great. You know, I don't think we want the next Billy Graham, you know, quote unquote, but but it used to be that's what we were waiting for. Who's right. going to be the next Billy Graham? When's this? Where's where's all the passion? Right. And and yeah. and it feel like it's kind of it's kind of eked away now that that right. urgency. Yeah. I And I think I think part of the problem is, you know, we've we've so divided and and divided in, in evangelical denominations too. It's not even like, you know, the PCA and the PCUSA divided because, you know, there were fundamental biblical differences that like, oh no, let's, you know, let's have a homosexual woman pastor up there behind the pulpit preaching. You know, it's like, Oh yeah, you you dunk and you sprinkle. And so we're not really compatible like that. Um, you know, and I feel like a lot of those things have just kind of moved away from really getting to a point where like as churches, we could come together and, and, you know, be united on that front that, yeah, that yeah, you know, is, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say what, along those lines back then, everybody, I mean, I'm sure there were some fundies somewhere and there were some really hard left people who didn't like the exclusivism mm-hmm. that he preached. But for the most part, Christians could all come together in an arena and be like, Billy Graham, we're in. Right. Um, and today you've got, you know, this group is like, yeah, we're excited about Paul Washer. These people over here are excited about Joyce Meyer. These people, who, who's the one person that everybody, you know, can just say, oh, that's the gospel, that basic right. old, old story of, of Jesus and his cross and we can all be on board. Right. I feel like that's that's what makes Billy Graham such a it just makes his legacy so great. Right. 
Yeah. And and he did. He was so, you know, a lot of people complain about, you know, like you said, that consumerism. But to me, like the dude was just really smart when it came to technology where so many people were shunning it and pushing it away. It was like, hey, God's given us the ability instead of preaching in an arena to, you know, 10,000 people, we can preach in the same arena, have a camera going and be preaching to 40,000 people all around the world. So mm-hmm. why not take advantage of it? As recent as what three years ago with the uh, the Super Bowl halftime thing? Yeah. Did you did you see that? Did you do that at all? Uh, I don't think I I don't think I did. No. I'm sure. Tra- oh my gosh, Vince! It was like a uh, uh, Billy Graham uh, message to play in the context of like a Super Bowl church party, and uh, they were just you know AOL CD roming this thing like shoving them into every crevasse anyone would have these things these dvds to play and again it was just like at halftime there's a a, you know a tie-in there's some some decent graphics and then we launch into this this old billy graham you know giving the gospel giving the the call and and yeah you know we can all get all theologically smug about well the altar call was invented as the anxious bench and blah, blah. you, you got to give a call right i mean you, you jesus gave a call right. follow me right the apostles gave a call believe on the lord jesus christ uh, or 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 uh, romans 10:9 confess right. with your lips jesus christ is lord you know believe in your heart god raised him from the dead right and man he did that with just I wish I had that boldness. I wish I had a fraction of the boldness with which he stood up there without any sense of, well, people are going to think I'm stupid or, right. well, I'm no, he, right. he knew he was doing what God called him to do. We, yeah. What a, yeah. what a great man. Well, and I, I mean, I'll, you know, I'll speak to myself on this too. I, I know for me personally, I could never, I could never do that. And part of that is because I have that, uh, you talked about, you know, Billy Graham having that, you know, humility, but he was also a very soft and gentle and loving person where, you know, people were drawn to him in that capacity. I, I know for me personally, I just, I, I am not, you know, cute and cuddly like that. Like I, you know, I am the sarcastic, like, you know, I mean, my, my students get a kick out of me, but like, if I try to like get in front of people and just be that, genuine and sincere the way he is or the way he was, I should say it just, you know, that's, that's what we need. It wasn't just, it wasn't just a matter of, you know, the, the, the gospel and his passion for it, but his temperament was also such that lent him to being open to people and, and, you know, um, embracing people in that capacity, you know, and that's something that I wish I had, but I just absolutely, I know I don't. Um, well, yeah, and it's in short supply now, right? And that's, I mean, you get into spiritual gift stuff, yeah. Um, but there's also the divisiveness you were talking about, or divisiveness, yeah. however you want to pronounce it. Uh, <laughs> here's a metaphor for the whole thing. I, I re- reposted on Facebook this really cool uh, cartoon or, or comic. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's kind of political cartoon type thing, and it was, it was uh, just. Billy Graham, you know, he's kind of short and hunched over. He's still an old man, even though he's in heaven, bringing up, uh, you know, whatever kind of theological debates. But uh, he's just <laughs> hugging Jesus. Yeah. And that's and that's it. That's the whole thing. Yeah. And, it, like, I saw it, and I got – I mean, I also am very sarcastic and jaded. I got, like, choked up just looking at this thing. Yeah. And I just reposted it. I thought people will, you know, think it's nice. And a lot of people did. And then one guy has to say, well, that, you know, is a, a second commandment violation because Jesus – and I'm like <laughs> – Okay, you're kind of missing right. the point, but you're also making a greater point um, that that if there's any little thing in here that we can differ over secondary doctrines, right. that's what we'll focus on now right. rather than focusing on what holds us together, which is a cross. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And And I think, you know, if we as the church can get together and we can make – better strides to being, you know, in my opinion, to being like, you know what, when we're, when we're in our individual church buildings with our members and I am the leader of my congregation, these are kind of the things that we do in house in family. You know, these are kind of family things that we do, but when we're out in the greater Christian community, these are the things that, you know what, as long as we're able to focus on the cross of Christ, 
um, and, and work to that end. Now, obviously that's not all, but if that is our focus, then, then let's strive to, to show the world unity that even though we disagree in these matters that are more internal family matters, that when we come together as the larger body of Christ, we are able to work together to bring the gospel to people. Yeah, well, that that might be a, a topic for a whole episode, man. Yeah, uh, ecumenism and how you know where you draw the line, who's in, how big a tent you pitch. Yeah, what's the hills we got to die on, or yeah. what hills you know? So it, that's a for me has been a frustration I've had throughout my my ministry mm. um, that people are all too ready to go to one extreme or the other. Yeah. One is doctrine doesn't matter at all. As long as we all use the J word, right. um, let's, let's not divide at all. Let's, you know, let's just all be kumbaya. Right. Or, you know, if we don't all, if we're, you know, what's the old emo Phillips sketch where the guy's going to jump off the bridge and someone comes along, you remember this? And he's yes. like, well, are you religious? Yes. Well, are you uh, pro- Catholic or Protestant? I'm Protestant. Are you Baptist or Methodist? I'm Baptist. Uh, and, and it gets all the way down to, they're both the same, all the way down to like, are you uh, 1981 confession or 1963? Well, 1963, and then he pushes him off the bridge. <laughs> die, Eric, dumb, die. Oh, man. It, yeah, it's, it is. It's so true. And, um, yeah, I, I, that would be a great, um, great topic. Um, I'm looking forward, um, we're gonna, we're gonna sign off here. We're, um, kind of running a little late, but not, you know, terribly late. Um, but, um, looking forward to next week. Um, and this will, this is the first time you're going to be hearing this, Zach. Um, I want to talk about, um, Holy Week as we are, um, coming into Easter. And so, you know, maybe, um, trying to, you know, wrap our minds around that and, you know, put some things out there for our listeners, um, you know, preparing their hearts, um, for, for this time. Because I think, you know, like you were talking about with Billy Graham, having that time set aside that we could remember. I think this is a perfect time for us as believers to set aside, to remember, um, you know, I think sometimes people look at certain things and they're, they're willing to throw the T word down, you know, tradition, tradition, you know, but I think traditions can be good, you know, as long as they don't slip into legalism, tradition can be a good thing. And so I want to, you know, I want us to be able to think through those things, um, you know, going into that week next week. Um, so any final, uh, thoughts or comments before we head off? Um, yeah, if I said anything to anger anyone, uh, just tweet to Nathan and <laughs> buy a t-shirt. That's right. Leave an iTunes. You know how you could really show me? Leave an iTunes review. Five stars. That's right. <laughs> or even leave one star and write about how much you hate it, but just write something. Um, we'll really? take that too. That, you, yeah. Even, even it, you'd rather have someone leave a one star and write uh, some text yep. than not do anything. Yep. Really? Yep. Because it's it, in terms of how iTunes um, boosts your ratings, it's more important that you get the writing than it is that you get the stars. I mean, now clearly you don't want like, you know, a hundred one-star reviews and, you know, uh, three five-star reviews, but, um, having that writing in there actually boosts you further along the ratings line than not the ratings line, but the, the search line than just having stars up there. So, huh? Interesting. Yep. Yep. Do, do you ever read? Uh, you ever read people's reviews on on the air? No, I haven't. I was actually I was listening to the latest one that you and Ted did, um, and you guys were reading some of yours. And I thought that actually might be cool if if we did that um, kind of um, wrapping up this whole thing we're doing, where people are leaving reviews. So we'll have if we have you know a, a selection of those reviews to read um, publicly. So yeah. So leave us reviews, and we might make fun of your grammar and spelling. <laughs> <laughs> publicly or or you know just you in general i mean you know we're we're not picky <laughs> we'll find something that's right that's right oh man dude this was um this was great as always looking forward to next week right now we're going to go ahead and sign off zach we just rock the casbah these go to 11